Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Yes, indeed, he do. Glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on. Cray News of K on a Monday. Some really nuts stories. I mean, we've got stories of Hunter Biden, what he's calling his father or allegedly calling his father from the cloud. We've got that for you. Why the guy is naked all the time. I, I don't understand. The guy's naked all the time. Put, put some damn clothes on. What's the matter with you? Uh, we've got that story for you. You've got other stuff to get to as well, including like a model and a former volleyball player for the Olympics being attacked by some homeless guy in, in Los Angeles. We talk about that. Get to a lot of stuff at the bottom of the hour. Plus, we're going to talk a lot about guns here. I talked about it earlier, earlier in the show. Some of you get this hour as the first hour, so you're in luck. Because I'm going to talk about what some of the founding fathers literally said about the right to keep and bear arms and why it's in there. And one line from Thomas Jefferson really does hit home, and I'll have that for you as well. So that and much, much more, including the chocolatey of, of voices on the radio. The chocolatiest, huh? chocolatiest, chocolatiest. I think it's how you say right. it right. Okay, chocolatiest. Okay, it's a little hard to say. Think, yeah, that's definitely a word, but I don't think I've ever used the word chocolatiest. <laughs> I don't think I have either. There, and there she is. Uh, it's uh, Carrie Lockie on a Monday. Let's go. Chocolatiest voice on the radio. It's easier with music. I think it's a lyric in this song, to be honest with you. I don't think so. I think it might be. No. Pretty sure it is. Chocolatiest. Come on, Carrie. No. No? Now you're just making up lyrics. I'm singing a song about you, and you're being rude. No. Uh. Polo's off tonight. Bartlett's behind the controls. Sam is working, but you can't see her. Didn't bring it for the people, to be honest. A little shotgun for you. Junior Walker and the All-Stars Motown on a Monday. Uh, Carrie, things okay? Things good? You all right? Yeah, everything's fine. We've got a lot going on, um, and it's always interesting when I have to talk about Michael Moore. You know, what's funny is because he's fat. If I say he's fat, I get in trouble somehow. Yeah, I'm not supposed to. How did, let me ask you something. How did that change? Uh, like when I'm a little bit overweight, I mean, I know when I'm fat and when I'm not, and I'm not right now, but if I'm overweight, I'm like, hey, look, I'm a little fat right now. Let me lose a little bit of that weight. You got to say portly, big boned, natural beauty. Let's go on the cover <laughs> of the Sports Illustrated. I mean, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can't say you, No, because anymore. you're Why? fat shaming now. Things have changed. Do you think I can really shame Michael Moore? Have you seen his fat ass? Um, no, I don't care to. But, please don't ever. No. But I mean, look, he's a big guy because he eats too much. I wish he'd get healthy. I, I hope he lives a good, healthy, long life. He's not gonna if he doesn't get himself in uh, in, in shape. But now, now those who are, listen, we have conditioned the people so much that those who are listening, who just heard me say the word fat several times, already think I'm talking about them. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. That's where they I get I will be flooded with email now. How dare you? Some of us have glandular issues. Some of us have hormonal issues. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to hear that from mail. people now. You realize that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stop being fat phobic. So let me say it as clearly as I can. When I'm saying fat ass, <laughs> in this context, I'm talking about Michael Moore. I don't know what you look like. You might be in great shape. You might be tall. You might be short. You might be fat. You might be skinny. I don't care. 
If, if you're happy like you are, I'm not here to tell you not to be. Now, Michael Moore is just a fat guy, and he's a fat guy that's a quandary to me. And here's why he's a, qu- a quandary. The reason why we know about Michael Moore is because of Roger and me. It's where he followed the CEO of GM around in the late 1980s when GM pulled out of Flint, Michigan. Michael Moore says he's from Flint, Michigan. My intel says he's from Beecher, which is not Flint, Michigan, or Davison, I should say. Davison, Michigan, which is outside of Flint, but it's not Flint. Two very different areas. I've covered stories in both places. Having said that, he loves Flint. He loves Michigan. God bless you. I got a house up there. I love it up there, too. I covered stories in Flint. Sadly, most of them were hard news stories because it was rough. Michael Moore became prominent and prevalent in our society when he followed Roger Smith. I think the guy's name was Roger Smith around and um, was trying to question why he pulled out GM. I don't know if it was Buick or who it was. Uh, but GM, uh, thirty or 40,000 workers. And again, these numbers can be checked. It's been many years since I, since I saw his movie, but many years since I, I researched this. But they used to call it Buick City in Flint. It's where they made all the Buicks. It's where the sit-in was in 1938 that basically was the, the start of unions, the UAW, because workers were dying and having you know limbs cut off inside the factory, so they wanted better working conditions. So he's doing this story to try to get the bottom line out of why they would pull the company out of Flint that was built on building these these cars. Because once they pulled out, of course, it became a, a low-income area, become very, very violent, it became very crime-riddled, and so on. So I'm like, when you go to work in that area, and I worked in Clio, Michigan, which is County Line 10, between Saginaw and Flint, which is between Genesee County and Saginaw County, I worked at this TV station there, and basically day one, Carrie, they said, hey, here's the movie, go watch it. Mm, okay. That wow. was my introduction to Flint. Because hmm. you heard of Flint, like in a lighter. You heard of Flint, Michigan, in the periphery. I was a, I'm a, always been a car guy. I love Buicks. I think those are awesome. I like GM vehicles. So I knew about Flint, but I didn't know what the backstory was. So I, so I watched this, and it was good. Um, I thought he did a good job questioning this guy. Why would you do this? Because they pulled out like at Christmas time. It was not a good thing. It was really bad for the economy there. And a lot of these companies get tax abatements, which means they don't have to pay the business tax as a some sort of a, a, a bait for them to come and open up shop and give a bunch of jobs out. Not give them out, but hire a bunch of people. This was a way to draw them there. And you still have big motor companies that have these tax abatements to stay in communities to keep people employed. It makes sense to me. So why Flint would, would just be left in in desolation and in crime and in low income? I liked what Michael Moore did, but he got so much out of that that suddenly he decided, well, I'm the documentarian of the world. Let me start doing more stuff. And he got more and more left wing, more and more left wing. And remember, he pretended he was a union guy in, in Roger and me. But then the allegation is when he was building his $5 million mansion in Traverse City, Michigan, which is far north of Flint, um, I understand he had a union problem where he was arguing with the unions about how much they were charging. The guy, the guy is one of these typical hypocrites, according to the stories. But he's now come up with a new amendment to the Constitution. The guy who, when he's on a movie set or when he's going to be on a, t- a TV talk show, is always surrounded by good guys with guns and he's protected by good guys with guns. He wants to get rid of the Second Amendment. He's actually proposing a new amendment. Carrie, if you don't mind. 
From The Blaze, documentary filmmaker Michael Moore was mocked on Sunday after he published a draft of a new constitutional amendment that would repeal the Second Amendment. Just days after recounting the privileges of full citizenship, Moore published his draft of a new constitutional amendment that would severely restrict firearm ownership. The proposed amendment contains eight sections and demonstrates clear misunderstandings of constitutional law. The first section focuses on protecting Americans from gun violence and the fear thereof. It reads, and the inalienable right of a free people to be kept safe from gun violence and the fear thereof must not be infringed and shall be protected by the Congress and the states. This amendment thus appeals and replaces the Second Amendment. The amendment also raises the minimum legal age for firearm ownership to 25, establishes a national firearm registry, outlines a lengthy and strict process for firearm ownership, and outlaws all semi-automatic firearms. In Moore's dystopian utopia, then, only firearms like revolvers and bolt-action rifles are legal. Moore similarly limits who can own firearms to licensed hunters, those who are licensed for sports shooting, and the few who can demonstrate a special need for personal protection, which inevitably limits firearm ownership to the elite and privileged. The proposed amendment also outlaws any homemade equipment and machinery that can make a gun or weapon that can take a human life. Finally, the proposed amendment says that police officers who carry shall be subject to comprehensive and continuous monitoring and shall be dismissed if found to exhibit any racist or violent behavior and demands that any American who owns any firearms made illegal under the amendment has only one month to surrender them to the government. So not only is going to get rid of the Second Amendment, you've got to surrender your weapons. Got to surrender those to the government. You You notice he put a line in there, right? He put a line in there. That basically said, if you're important like I am, then you can carry a gun. There was this little provision that you have to show a special need for protection from a firearm. This is who this idiot is, this Michael Moore. This is who this guy is. This uh, this fat guy. Can I can I call him fat or not? You're not supposed to. Am I gonna get lit but up? You've said Michael it Moore about fat? a dozen times already. Well, listen, I'm a so. truth teller. If you're reporting on it and you only had the word fat available, what would you call him? Well, if that's the only word. That's it. Only word available. I guess you describe him to me, it. ma'am. Ma'am, describe it. it. Overweight. Describe him to me. Portly. <laughs> no, it's not available. <laughs> fat. Yeah, I mean, it just it's descriptive. It's a fat guy. Mm-hmm. So um, Michael Moore has made the decision that we need to get rid of the Second Amendment. Michael Moore said that we're misunderstanding the original intent or the document or something, and he has some sort of inherent understanding of the second amendment his understanding goes well beyond what it is that the rest of us understand and and people will just buy that they'll believe him like he's some sort of authority and he's not not even a little bit the federalistpapers.org talks about the second amendment and um these are the people that came up with, had the intent for, and were involved in the construction of the the founding document, the Constitution. I'm going to give you a little bit of it because Michael Moore doesn't understand things. He must not be good with the English language. These are easy to read. January 8th of 1790, George Washington said, a free people ought not only be armed, but disciplined. So a free people should be armed and disciplined. Okay, gotcha. Thomas Jefferson, 
draft one of the Virginia Constitution, 1776, no free man shall ever be debarred the use of arms. Carrie, any mention of hunting so far? No. Or gun registries or getting rid of firearms, period, or the Mm -hmm. Congress Mm -hmm. protecting the people from firearms or something? Mm -hmm. This is the quote that anybody and everybody who's watching and listening should use when somebody comes at them about guns and shooting a deer and going hunting and target practicing. From January 30th, 1787, the year the Constitution was ratified, quote, I prefer dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery. That's from Thomas Jefferson. Letter to James Madison. January 30th, 1787. Now, the knee-jerk reaction from the left will be, yeah, but he, he owned slaves at Thomas Jefferson. He's a slave master. So then what he wrote doesn't make sense. I prefer dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery. In other words, they were slaves of King George III. They gained their freedom and the founding of a new land through their, their keeping of arms. Freedom is a dangerous thing. You might get the nut job that shoots up innocent people. But that's a whole hell of a lot better, he's saying here, than being enslaved by a government, which is what Michael Moore wants, except Michael Moore would be an exception. Jefferson, in a letter to James Madison, December 20th, 1787, said, What country can preserve its liberties if their rulers are not warned from time to time that their people preserve the spirit of resistance? Let them take arms, said Jefferson. I'm not sure what Michael Moore is missing, but it's clear that the founding fathers did not have any confusion over their right to keep and bear. The right of the citizens shall not be infringed. They were clear on this. And this is from somebody, uh, 18th century chronologist, Caesar Beccaria. Could be Cesare Beccaria. I don't know. I don't know how the guy pronounced it. The laws that forbid the carrying of arms are laws of such a nature. They disarm only those who are neither inclined nor determined to commit crime. Such laws make things worse for the assaulted and better for the assailants. They serve rather to encourage then to prevent homicides for an unarmed man may be attacked with greater confidence than an armed man. That was Thomas Jefferson in his book Commonplace, quoting the 18th century criminologist Cesar or Cesare Bacaria. A strong body makes a mind strong as to the species of exercise exercises I advise the gun. While this gives moderate exercise to the body, it gives boldness, enterprise, and independence to the mind. Games played with the ball and others of that nature are too violent for the body and stamp no character on the mind. Let your gun, therefore, be your constant companion on your walks. Thomas Jefferson, letter to Peter Carr, 1785. One last one before we hit a break. The Constitution of most of our states, end of the United States, assert that all power is inherent in the people that they may exercise it by themselves. That is their right and duty to be at all times armed. Thomas Jefferson, a letter to John Cartwright, June 5th, 1824. There are no confu- no confused 
confusing notes here. No confusing letters or, or words here. Nothing about go shoot that deer. Nothing about go do target practice. Nothing about get a shotgun. This says be armed. This says freedom is not necessarily always safe, but it's better than being enslaved. These won't be talked about by a Michael Moore because A, he doesn't know it was said. That's the first thing. And B, it doesn't fit his narrative. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. Did you know that these things were said back in the day? Or were you buying the indoctrination being given out? Go to JoePags.com, scroll down to the bottom, click on contact, send me a note. We're back after this. Stay here. Joe Pags. My guy. Nothing you could do cause I'm stuck right glue to my guy. My guy. Got a care. Nailed a care. I think I got it. No, you don't got it. You did not have it. Got it. Totally got it. It's been got Never it. Never did. No. 888-941-PAGS. 888-941-7247. JoePags.com. Super Beats are great. Help to support a healthy lifestyle. Help to support a healthy blood pressure. Healthy circulation. Healthy blood flow. Nitric oxide is a miracle molecule that we produce ourselves, but we produce less of it as we get older. So with Superbeats Heart Chews, they give you the ability to make this at a more robust you know, amount like you used to, and that's going to help with that blood flow and circulation. I mentioned that twice now because that means energy in a human body. All right, I want you to get some Superbeats Heart Chews, non-GMO beets combined with grapeseed extract. They are absolutely great. They taste delicious. You're going to love them. You can avoid that afternoon coffee or energy drink or that sugary drink, that sugary candy, whatever the hell it happens to be. Don't do that. Get Super Beats Heart Chews instead. I uh, want you to go to the website that we put together for you to get you started, get you up to 45% off, plus free shipping at JoeLovesBeats.com. JoeLovesBeats.com. Hurry up, it's your best offer available anywhere. That's JoeLovesBeats.com for up to 45% off. JoeLovesBeats.com is the website. Go there, get some Super Beats Heart Chews, and get them right now. I don't have a ton of time, but I want to talk to you anyway. What's happening, James? Talk to me. Let's go. Hi, Joe. Uh, I just wanted to make a comment on what you said about uh, Michael Moore. I think the best word that you could use would be obese instead of fat. Okay. I think he's both obese and fat. Go ahead. What else you got? Uh, I was uh, talking about the Second Amendment. I don't think that Democrats really do a lot of reading because it takes 34 states, a minimum of 34 states uh, to change or ratify an amendment in the constitution. And right. I just don't feel that most Democrats ever, ever read anything that's sitting in front of them. Well, I don't think James, they, I don't think they read the second amendment to be honest with you. So I'm not sure. I, I know they don't know about a constitutional um, um, convention or amending the constitution. I'm with you on that. 888-941-PAGS, 888- 941-7247, JoePags.com. Case Smythe, when we come back, stay right here. Joe Pags.
Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always glad to have you here. Always glad to have back Kay Smythe. Cray News of Kay on a Monday. We just had Cray News of Kay on a Friday. So popular, backed by popular demand. Kay Smythe, how are you? Good to see you. I'm great, Joe. How are you? Did you have a good weekend? You are great. I'll agree with you. My weekend was okay. My weekend was pretty chill, but then again, not as. There's always something going on. You know what I mean? There's always something going on. I've started trying to take at least one day off on the weekend, and I would advise your listeners to try and do the same. Well, they I guess they take two days off Saturday and Sunday because you're not on. But just take a break. Turn off your phone. Don't listen to the news. The world's ending. You don't need to know how or why. It just is, and that's that. So, you know, typical weekend. Turn my phone off. Ignore yeah. the apocalypse. You, you as a young happening person, um, have the ability to do what you just said. I, I don't. I'm old and, and decrepit, and I still can't shut my devices off. Although last night, I uh, was watching TV in bed and just saying, I'm not, I'm not going to look at Twitter anymore, which is hard for me. Because I normally just have it open. I'm not looking at it all the time, but it's just open. I shut all the apps down. That That is so hard for me. Now, you and I have been friends more than a year, and, mm-hmm. and we really do feel like, you feel like family to me. So uh, I'm always annoyed a little bit until I realize who you are when you don't answer a text like in a day. Like, how is anybody who's 20-something not answer text like in a whole day? Was there something that legitimately you said, okay, this is the point of no return for me. Either I make the decision that when I'm talking to a person in real life or I'm, I'm having some dinner, I'm just not going to even have the device with me. How did you do that? It's hard for somebody your age. Well, I think what really happened was is I put myself in everyone else's shoes Um, and then put myself back in my own shoes. And so I sort of was sat there thinking, okay, well, everyone else has their phones out and is using them, so maybe I can do that. And then I realized that it was like, what what was the point in going to the pub? What's the point in hanging out at a friend's house? What's the point in hanging out with family, being with people in real life, and then having like this little bird basically on your shoulder tweeting away whether it's you know you're actually on twitter or using your device for something else i just find it really disrespectful like i literally set a rule for myself joe that anyone i went on a date with any friends i hung out with if they were using their phone more than actually like engaging in real life with me in that moment i was just going to stop really kind of hanging out with them so i don't want to be a hypocrite and now i have a rule and i've had this rule for well over a decade if i'm ever ever with people in real life i keep my phone away from me as much as possible now obviously you know when i'm like in the car with john like we're driving somewhere like i have to work you know, there are things like that where I have to use my device. But if I don't have to be on it, then I just won't be. And my mental yeah. health, you know, it just, there's nothing. I think, it, I think it's good advice. It. And again, you and I are very tight. So when you don't answer me after a while, you do. I'm sorry. I was eating. I was with family. I was with John, whatever. So, I mean, I get it. I understand it. And and I'm you're actually conditioning me better because... I don't have that expectation, but you know I don't really have any expectations from you, you know, whereas you've got to give me attention all the time anyway. But it really does help me to understand sometimes people are just living. And eventually, if it's important enough, they'll get back to me. And thankfully, you do get back to me eventually. Now, of course, you're a hypocrite because if I don't answer you in 29 (laughs) seconds, I'm in trouble. Oh, Tell yeah, the truth. No, if you don't get Tell back the truth. To me, like it's rules. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in my adult years in America, in California. Rules for thee, but not for me, Joe. Like I have that basically tattooed on my eyelids after living under Gavin Newsom. And let's be honest, there's at least a couple of Democrats who could do with probably using their phones a heck of a lot less. Yes. 
one of whom might well be Hunter Biden. We don't I, lo- know. I love the segue. So I, I actually, I want to tell you about this that you don't know about it because you're not on TikTok. And I'm on no. there to make fun of the Chinese. To be honest, I'm on there. <laughs> I dare them to take my data and kiss my ass. So I went on there today. There's a video of Hunter Biden. And uh, this video might have been discovered by 4chan, who I guess somehow hacked the cloud. You could fill us in on that in a second. But this video is Hunter Biden weighing the crack cocaine he's buying to make sure it's the right weight. And you see his disgusting, nasty face. And then you see this scale with some crack on it. And I did a video where I wrapped around the video of him making sure he wasn't getting screwed in the crack deal. And, um, and I didn't mention crack. I think I called it walnuts or cashews on the, uh, on the, the scale. And I put it up on TikTok. In about seven minutes, I got 10,000 views. And then TikTok took it down saying that I was promoting drug use or something. Like, what? It's actually Hunter Biden. I don't even mention drugs. So uh, is this, do you go into the 4chan stuff or is this something else? So the report came out about, you know, oh, 4chan have claimed that they hacked Hunter Biden's laptop. I saw it first thing this morning. The only reason I even pitched it as a story was because there was a video of him swimming naked in a swimming pool. And I was like, this this is kind of funny. Um, and so when I started looking up the hack and all that kind of stuff, obviously I'd seen the headlines over the weekend. Uh, Joe, I don't know if it was a legit hack. I think this might just be a bunch of people on 4chan lying. And I think someone just went through the laptop again. I'm not sure. Could be. I have nothing to back this up with other than my gut feeling. Well, but well what their I claim don't is. I think it was a hack. Just to make sure that we understand, the claim is that they didn't hack the laptop, nor did they ha- hack his iPhone. What they say they did was they figured out the password for his, for his iCloud, and they took yeah. everything off the cloud that wasn't any, any longer on the laptop, and they say they siphoned the information from there. But l- let's say I, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical. I'm with you. I don't know that they did it or not. A lot of people reported it. But let's get back to what you said earlier. Even if you had Arnold Schwarzenegger's body in 1980, you're, you're not naked as much as Hunter Biden is. Why is this guy always naked, K-Smythe? What is, so does he think that's a good, head. what is up? It's not even just him. Like, apparently, and I mean, I'm, again, a massive hypocrite. Like, I But you're not videotaping it. yourself walking around and p- taking pictures of nakedness. That's very true. I would never do that. Even though I have people who hit me up uh, and request videos for that, I will never do it. I am saying this now. Please don't be emailing yeah, me. Stop it. Um, I don't. It's like the Biden family. Like, apparently, according to some book that came out like 10 years ago, the Bidens are the worst detail to be assigned to for the Secret Service because they're just naked like all the time. They just love skinny dipping. And so Hunter has more than kept up with this. And at this point, I'm like, who cares where the information came from? The information is out there, and it really hasn't been. You know, it's like Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell's list. We all know who's on it. We all know. Well, we know like, who we know who's we, we know who's not on it. The bad thing. I give you I give you a very high profile name that is not on it because they would have released the list. Donald Trump is not on it because if he were, that list would have been out there for months. But we do know who's on it, and we know exactly who's on it. But back to the Biden family for a second. First of all, the treasonous and, and their a disgusting, underhanded crime family that's known. Okay, but let's add to it that they're all really freaking nasty. I mean, was his name for his dad according to these leaks really pedo Pete or something? Um, I've heard that that might have been Biden's name. I also read that it might be Hallie Biden's nickname in the phone. Again, 
not verified. We're speculating, but you know that's what they're nasty the people, aren't they? Case they're nasty people. I mean, just like physically, like filthy. I don't mean just nasty in life, but I mean you're walking around naked, doing drugs, you're getting with a possibly underage hookers, and you're arguing with hookers about crack. I mean, you ask the, the president about it, he says he's the smartest guy I know. Well, what? <laughs> these are these are just nasty people. You don't have to comment on that. I just thought I would. It's Case Mice. Go to CaseMice.com. K-A-Y-S-M-Y-T-H-E dot C-O-M. Check out everything she does in the Daily Caller. And these stories that we're talking about, she's done for the, for the Daily Caller today. And check her out on Newsmax TV. Paul Ryan. I interviewed Paul Ryan once, probably 10 years ago now. And he was in really good shape in some video that he showed. And I'm asking him about P90, and he's a real conservative. And I think he was somebody. He was John McCain's uh, um, uh, uh, running mate or something. And, and, and Romney, it, was, yeah. it, was a, it was a good, it was a very nice conversation. Since then, he has gone really woke, dude. And, and what's the story? He was in tears? What? So there's a new book out, which is called, oh my God, Joe. Honestly, this is making my toes kill. The book is called Thank You for Your Service. Okay. What is and it's about how great Paul Ryan is. And there's a whole wait 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 wait. Is is it? Didn't he write it? No. So someone else wrote it. Somebody about wrote him. it about him, and they're thanking him for his service. Yeah, it's <laughs> honestly, Joe. Like I said in my piece. Uh, oh, let me get back. Okay, so he was crying apparently on January six. Apparently, he just sobbed when he saw the insurrection. He just sobbed. Um, so I was like beta male. Yes. And then um, the other thing that I kind of. I, like guess or like I had a gut feeling for in this piece that I wrote about him is like okay one there is no reason why anyone would take part in a book like this unless they were on a massive PR campaign yes. which leads me to two why is he on a massive PR campaign and this is clearly just like a stealth rollout of the start of it Three, he's actually sort of just in time. If he really starts now and ramps up his popularity again, he might actually run for president in 2024. Like, I do actually see that being kind of realistic. Not him winning, but yeah. him running. Um, he's on the board for Fox News, so maybe he's going to position himself to take on some kind of news television type role. Maybe he's going to start doing like documentaries or something. So I can't see him being good at like live TV news. Right. Because um, I just like, again, he's a nice guy, but like that, you know. Like, you can't, I'm going to ask you, you're, you're, you're a smart lady. You're a smart lady. Do you really think he cried on January 6th? Honestly, sadly, I think he did, but I'm also like, you we will disagree. Cry. We will disagree. I don't. Well, maybe he stubbed his toe and cried, but he wasn't crying about the so-called insurrection, the stupid riot at the Capitol. I mean, I, I'm I'm screaming at the TV. Somebody arrest all these idiots! You, you know, I mean, who's crying about that? I mean, you cry when you hear in the the summer of 2020, where 27 people are killed when they're burning down, you know, police stations. Maybe you cry then, but I don't even cry then. I want to arrest everybody. So I don't think he cried. And here's here's my suggestion. You tell me if you agree. Um, he's somehow going to benefit from this book, whether it's the way that you just said, and he's going to run for president or he's going to do something more actively on television. Whatever it is, he's going to ramp up his popularity, and the book has to do very well. How will you sell this book about Paul Ryan to liberals? Paul Ryan cried oh, on January 6th. That's who he's selling to. Right. He's selling to the moderate wing of the liberal demographic because they'll see him as sort of like a centrist... They'll see him as a potential poster boy for what the Democrats used to be 
And what he now is, which is basically like this sort of like weird rhino party, which aren't actually moderate, they're just soft. Yes. Um, I think that he wrote it specifically because it'll become a New York Times bestseller because he knows the whole editorial board. And I think he'll probably, I mean, honestly, Joe, I wouldn't be surprised if he switches parties. I well, well he, couldn't, he couldn't be Trump. He couldn't be Trump. So, I mean, he, if he was going to yeah. run, he probably would have to switch parties. It's Kay Smythe. Go to K-E-Y-S-M-Y-T-H-E dot com and go check her out everything that she does. Super smart lady. Uh, let's talk about the homeless people that are just, they're just brazen now. They're brash and brazen and they're beating people up and they're shooting drugs in the street and they're defecating in the street and having sex in the street. They should be in asylums and these people, many of them should be in asylums. These people just don't have any moral compass anymore and they're just going nuts. What's the latest story? This is an Olympian that was involved? So, yeah, so she was an Olympic volleyball player. She's also a model. Kim Glass was out to lunch in downtown Los Angeles and was essentially smacked in the face. A guy flung a huge piece of metal piping into her face. Um, the viewers listening um, or just people listening probably won't be able to see this, but basically the pipe hit her across like the sort of upper space of her face or like across her eyes, the bridge of her nose. She had stitches all down through uh, her right eyebrow. Um, so I, I got to flip it in my head because it's on camera, but then I'm watching it on right. my screen and right, then right. I'm on camera. So it's like a whole thing. Um, I'm going to show it to those who are watching. I'll show the actual article. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, they took a chunk out of her nose, huge black eye. Tell you what, though, and she mentions this in the video, look how good her eyelashes look. They stuck on throughout oh, the whole looks, thing. Yeah, her eyelashes look great. Yeah. That's true. No, they look so good. Wait, I mean, what, what, what a pretty lady. She's walking around the streets of L.A. And you say that you dealt, listen, Kay, when you lived there, you dealt with this. You had to, like, jump over people who were masturbating outside your window to try to get yep. into your apartment. And there were people actively doing drugs. How did you avoid getting injured? I mean, I'm guessing they did things like this to you. Uh, yes, I was uh, attacked by a homeless guy in Santa Monica. He, like, jumped out of his car and, like, tried to assault me. And I just went ballistic and he ran away. Um, I was walking through Venice Beach and I had a guy chase me. I mean, honestly, I think it's just because I'm pretty quick on my feet. That's the only way that I got away with it. And it sounds like you um, you you expected it. I'm guessing she didn't expect this to happen. Like you oh, were yeah, you you I were on the like, alert. I was waiting for it. Every yeah. time I walked out the door, I was just like, "Today's going to be the day. Today's going to be the day. Today's going to be the day." And like that's how pretty much everyone lives. And honestly, if you're listening and you live in California or you have relatives that live in California, particularly in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and if they're like even if they're female or just a kind of like weenie looking dude, um, you need to either tell them to move or this kind of attack will happen to them or someone they love. And I think you're really ignorant if you believe otherwise. Like, I only know personally one or two people who are still stupid and ignorant enough to be like, oh, no, these people, like, it's just, they're still homeless after 2008. And I'm just like, wasn't that, like, 14 years ago? And haven't we put $12 billion into them not being homeless? Oh, wait, it's not a homeless crisis. It's a massive drug and mental illness crisis yeah, that it, we're ignoring because politicians profit off it. Isn't it great? If Gavin Newsom just had another $20 billion, K, he could solve it. It is uh, K. Smythe. Go to ksmythe.com. Less, I literally, I look, I've got 30 seconds, but this is at my old TV station. You got to tell me what's going on with this news anchor uh, at WRGB in Albany. So, uh, yeah, she, Heather Kovar, she 
went into work on Saturday. Look, she says that she was over, like, underslept, stressed. Um, she had just lost her father. So all of my sympathies do go out for her. But look, I think it would be better for her if she said that she was drunk when she delivered the news like this. Because either she's drunk and should just own up to it and get help and probably get a career back. She's on drugs and should admit it, get help and get her career back. Or, and I actually think this is the worst option, she actually thought that it would be okay to report the news like this to viewers who depend on people like her to deliver news and information accurately. Like the number one rule of being a journalist in her position, when you agree to, when you sign up to do straight news, you write the news, you are not the news. And there was no way that she could have done the news like this and not become the news as she subsequently had. So whatever it was, I hope she gets help. But the video is really funny. Yeah, you like, gotta it's, go. It's, it is. Now, I did, I did news uh, 14 years. I was a TV news anchor. I was the main anchor there for three years at that very station. Uh, best ratings ever, by the way, at 11 o'clock. And, right. um, and uh, yeah, I'm, she should not have walked out on set. I don't know what, what's going on. Drunk, drugs, didn't have a good day, her face hurt, whatever the hell was going on. I don't care. Like you said, your responsibility is to the viewers. And thinking you could do it in whatever condition she was facing is something she shouldn't have done. Okay, we're out of time. Right? No, no, no. I know you've got to eat more stories. Go and check her out on the Daily Caller, always trending towards the top. Go to casemice.com. All right, Kay, I appreciate you. Thanks for coming back so quickly after the week. I know you didn't want to, but I appreciate you coming on on a Monday. <laughs> I would literally be here every day if you would have me, Joe. Don't give me that. Bye, Kay. Don't give me that. Say goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Okay. At Kay Smythe, go and check her out. We're back after this. Listening to Joe Pags. I'm glad to have you. We appreciate Kay coming back on. Back tomorrow, same time, same place. Stop by JoePags.com. In the meantime, when you do that, you can sign up for all the social media. Again, have a great night. For Carrie, for Mike, for Sam, I'm Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.